It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the podcast, the first of 2017. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with uh, Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal, and he's Rick Boring from Rick Roaring, excuse me, from Musketeer Report. <laughs> Fellas, welcome aboard, and happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. My resolution is to be more exciting in 2017. You already started off in a very boring voice. Um, I apologize. I'm in. My resolution is to be more exciting in 2017. There you go. And not be a Creighton fan. New Year's. <laughs> and not be a Creighton fan. And and I'll try not to be a hack Creighton hack fan. Hack Creighton fan. I'm not even good at being a Creighton fan. No, I mean, you got, evis- no. Like, can we, let, you got eviscerated on Twitter. Yeah, like, that oh. was just social media ether. You almost had to delete your account. Took Coming your man card, night. chopped up your gonads, just kicked you in the shillelaghs and walked away. Yeah. It, if that was Snapchat or Instagram, I would have deactivated on the spot since it's Twitter. I had to keep it going. That was great. Business. Yeah. I saw the guy. Like, he, he looked like he looked. I wouldn't mess with that guy. That you, guy looked You never had any. No, he's a biology major from Xavier, so he's just a total poon slayer in his own right. No and, question. And I'll just have to uh, accept the L. You have to take the L. Move on, and we're going to have him on should, the Xavier podcast should, should, this coming week. Oh, you were going to say, should I mediate some kind of uh, negotiation to, to have a sit down between you and this guy? We've worked. The heads of two families. We've worked that out over Twitter, and uh, we're going to make an offer he can't refuse on the next podcast oh man i i i, I need to hear this yeah, one I you're gonna have to I tune in i can't wait i can't wait all right let's talk some basketball that's what we're here for at least allegedly although we will usually deviate away let's talk first about uh, uc from last night because this is not going to take very long they uh, they pummeled a very bad tulane team but if anything what did you take away from it jaron cumberland's starting to get comfortable and starting to play like a top 50 recruit in an absolutely loaded recruiting class and that is a very good thing for the Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, he gives them he gives them the shot of offense. Where Trey Scott might give them the energy and defense, right. he gives them the shot of offense that, that every team's got to have. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're starting to get more from Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson's been in double figures in four of his last five games. Um, so you're getting more production from the two spot. Jacob Evans has been really good at the three. And now you're getting a guy off the bench that's giving you some instant offense. Um, it's a it's a big development as they start. I mean, this is probably their toughest two game stretch in conference play coming up next starting Saturday. Yeah, Saturday they play at Houston. The next Thursday, a week from this Thursday, they play uh, SMU at home. So those you get through that stretch, you got yourself in a good spot. Uh, you might be rolling into Xavier at seventeen and two in the crosstown shootout, and that would be. Fantastic. That would make that game really fun. The only problem is Xavier could be on a three-game losing yeah. streak the week before it happens. But, yeah. No. Two, two, two different scenarios for sure. All right, so uh, enough on, on UC. Anything else you want to touch on from that game other than the fact that Tulane is just awful? They're dreadful. But, I mean, they, they did – they played hard. They were physical. I mean, they, Dunleavy can coach. He's just yeah, – he, Yeah, he's got bad players. His, his talent is the, – the, the guys he's got that can play are young and they don't know how to play yet. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine if you're Mike Dunleavy, though, from what you once coached yeah. to what you're coaching now? Or how about the fact that you made good money already in your life and you played in the NBA right. and you are making a life choice to go to Tulane well, and I guess go what, around the AAC. Or to live in New Orleans. Yeah. That's not that bad. I mean, I, I can right. live in New Orleans. No, that's but, my point. But you still have to go to Tulane's practices and games yes, yes, if you had, live in New Orleans. That's you, even you, worse. You do have to do that. That's a fact. I guess what happened was his son's an assistant in college. And he was hanging around last year and kind of got the bug back that wow. he decided he wanted to coach again in college. And, and, and Tulane is where he found? Is, is his I son guess. on his staff? I don't think so, no. Oh, I was going to say, so what didn't happen is his son needed a job. He goes, okay, I'll take over this. <laughs> <laughs> of the American. I mean, that, that's just, that's tough. 
Wow. This They're may, not good. This may be like a really fan perspective look from this, and you may totally disagree with me, but I just look – the Jaron Cumberland thing is interesting to me because – if we think about kind of just the criticisms that we've heard about mixed offense over the years a few different times, things like they play too hard on defense, you know, it's, they're worn out on offense, or they play too tight under Mick. He's too intense, gets them too high up, and t- sometimes they're too restricted on the offense. He end. don't play like that. You'll never get Jaron to do either of those things. No. And, like, I mean, he's and he has played harder on defense than I, I will give him credit. He's, absolutely, but Jaron Cumberland is never, ever going to push himself to the point no. of exhaustion on defense no. to where he can't get a shot up on offense or is too tired. He of will him. get a shot up. Exactly. <laughs> so my point is he kind of is going to – he's not going to uh, be restricted by either of those no. issues. He's kind of the guy that will just say, I don't care. I'm and, going to do what I do. On and offense. you mentioned it in the Temple game. There were a couple times where the ball kind of stuck late in that game, and Jerem was like, give me the damn ball. Like, yeah, if you guys want yeah, If you I don't will. shoot it, I'll shoot it. That's, yeah. that's his mindset on offense. So I do think it's, it's interesting. It's good to see it coming out because we didn't really see it through the first – third of the season as he adjusted to the to the style and pace of the college game he got hot from three about four or five games ago and it has carried over and now we're starting to see his full offensive arsenal come out well and think about the personalities and voices that he has to step in front of to do that on this team i mean you're talking about troy copain and gary clark were already there and i'm sure with the leaders coming into this year during practice and everything yeah jacob evans is an emerging guy now you add the best player on your team right. jacob evans and a guy in kyle washington who certainly thinks he should be getting more shots than anyone and else jaron don't care exactly <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic going forward. but the that, thing that, is i mean it's a good group in terms of nobody's shot hunting i mean kyle does at times but he's he's learning via the bench um, how to be a more complete player, but nobody's. It's, there's not really like a jealousy factor on that team where it, you know people are going to be like, Jaron, don't shoot." Sure, but but, th- but that dynamic doesn't typically lend itself to a freshman saying, "You know what? I can step up and be that guy yeah. if I want to." I don't. He Jaron clearly feels the confidence to do so, and that's that's a great sign for Cincinnati. Fans, Absolutely, it's interesting to watch. Absolutely, going forward. I mean, with his body, when he takes the ball to the basket, you're just you're not stopping it. I mean, you're just not. He he, he ought to get the. He got the line what six eight times last yeah. night, I think, something like that? Four or six, I think. Four or six. Okay. I, I, he should be a guy, and I know he does fall in love occasionally shooting the three. He should be a guy that gets the line six six times in, in 20 minutes worth of action. If yeah. he gets more than that, he should get there eight to ten times. Well, and the way he's shooting the three, you can fall in love all you want. I think he's up over 60% the last four games. Yeah, that'll, games. It'll, it'll come back. It, yeah. It, it well, it was bad to, to, in the right. beginning. This it, is it, it coming up. But I, I, I think when teams start to come out to close out on him and he decides to go put a head down and go, you ain't stopping it. I mean, he is he is built like an absolute fullback. Well, the best thing that he's shown over these past couple games is he's a really good passer once he yeah. gets going downhill, no, he, yeah. too. He's gotten multiple guys open for dunks. Uh, Kyle Washington last night where he shot fake, drove the lane, drew the defense, kick it, dunk, you know. He's uh, he's a a very skilled offensive player. That was, you know, we talked about it a ton on the road, Rick, is, is Cincinnati was, you know, about to get him or – after they got him, it was like how he fits is going to be going to be interesting to watch, and it's starting to work about how we thought it would. Real quick, let's touch on the AAC as well. Awful. Um, well, it, it is, but garbage. You, you've garbage. seen some of the teams that you expected to rise to the top rise quickly, and the ones that were supposed to sink sink pretty quickly. There was a decent out of league win over the weekend. Memphis yeah, beat Memphis. South, Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina's not great, but it's a decent win. It beats well, the alternative of losing. And in and the SEC, South Carolina is going to in the up upper wins. yeah in the upper yeah. echelon of that. So that helps uh, helps a little bit. But really, I mean, UC's two and zero, Houston's two and zero, Smooth's two and zero, UCF's two and zero. I mean, so you you can really look to start to see. And, and Memphis is is. Uh, has only played the one league game yeah. uh, and lost to SMU, so it's not an awful loss for them. Those five teams right. 
Uh, and Temple could be in that in that five six range I, too. But I don't know, man. I, they're, they're, you score eleven points against UCF in the I, first half, that's and brutal. I'm, yeah. you're off my list. Yeah, I mean you I'm start you, you start you start to wonder with those guards the way they shoot the ball or actually don't shoot the ball, and the fact that we talked last week they don't have a very deep bench. How that starts to affect them as the season goes on. I, I mean, I I think Fran is a great coach, but I do too. I think he's going to have a lot of trouble this year, especially if Josh Brown red shirts. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, to Xavier. Um, if I'd have told anybody on planet Earth that Trayvon Blewett was going to score one point on the road against anybody and Xavier was going to win, no one would believe you, right? Well, I, I wrote this in, in the nut graph of my, of my column after the game. I like the term it, nut graph. It, that hasn't been used in a long time in journalism. Yeah, I figured you would like a little yep, nut graph. I did. Um, Not nut grab, nut graph. No, that happened in one of the college football playoff games. It did. did you see that? that, and, that was... and that happened to you on Twitter as well, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> what He's we, been waiting for like three days. I have. You no, know, no question. What were we talking about? We were talking about Trayvon Blewett scoring one point. Nut grabs. That's right. Uh, Trayvon Blewett. If you would have told me that would have happened, I would have said it would have been DePaul. If you would have told right. me it would have right. been the game yeah. at, at DePaul. I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, that's a good call. <laughs> that would have been the one game I thought conference they could have won on the road with him doing that. Other than that, absolutely not. And what really happened is we finally saw Edmund Sumner become one of the best point guard prospects in the country. We saw him become the best point guard in the Big East for a game. The question is, does that continue? How much of that is the real Edmund Sumner? Is he going to continue this progression? And then J.P. McCura, too, played really, really well. And he's kind of seems like he's finding that fine line between being super aggressive, being super active, being J.P. all the time, but also still being an efficient offensive player. Can Can we talk about maybe the single greatest Euro step I've ever seen in my entire life? The one where he shot the reverse back over his head? Yeah. Europe, yeah. I mean, Edmund, Edmund holy yeah. guy around. It was insane. It, it was, it, the, after he took the Euro step, it looked like it was he was about at the dotted line. Yeah. and took off from there and well, then decided in midair, eh, I'm up here, let me go reverse now with this thing just dude, to make it look even better. Most of the time, those things require some finesse when you're doing a, a really skilled High-level Euro step. That thing was foot to the gas pedal on the Autobahn, driving 160 miles an hour. And, well, and then going off a cliff and just floating for a while. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like It really was. Uh, and that, co- that that police on the side of the road just had a Camry going, uh, you're, you got you're that good. one. You yeah, got yeah, that you one, got man. that one, bro. Yep, go for it. I, I mean, I, I literally, I texted you, like, explicitives, just like, oh, my God, I that this is not human. I think he just invented a new word, too. Which is? Uh, explicitives? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll, have to, I'll have to Google that and look that up in the dictionary. Yeah, it, it's actually, in the hard book dictionary. Yeah, it's hard, in hardback dictionary. It's in there. Explicitive. He was great. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. I guarantee that was as good a move as you're going to find, no uh, doubt about unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. I mean, for... Ten minutes, my jaw was just on the floor. It, it was, was incredible. He does some things that just make you go, wow. Brief scare for him, obviously, though, when he was down on the ground. Yeah, what, right what, after what, it. What did you think? It, well, what I saw in the replay was it looked like he two banged his knee. Right, right. Uh, I, I thought it was more so than the two knees banging was him banging his knee on the ground when he went down. Right. The thing about him, he's just so skinny. It's I like, know, right. Anytime the dude contacts yeah, well, the ground, it could be a broken arm. Or the, 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 the best part is they show the close-up of just kind of from his, his legs on down to where they were working on it and just how skinny the legs are. It's, it's absurd. Just, it's bone hitting whatever it, it really is. It, it really so is. It's scary every time, but fortunately, I mean, he was right back in there, so I don't think it's a concern at all. Uh, some good minutes again from, from O'Mara. 
Sean O'Mara is, is starting to come around. And the biggest thing for him is, like we said, he doesn't need— just play offense, bro. The way Gaston is playing, you just need him to be basically what he was last year for a few more minutes a game. Just just be a nice offensive spark, a guy we can rely on to, to throw it into and, and score or get fouled. And that's what he's getting back to. It's, he's already proven he can do this at the Big East level. He did it last year in conference and scored ef- effectively against uh, some really good teams. So there was no question that he could do this. The question was, could he take a step forward this year? He struggled with that early. Now he just needs to settle back into that role of being an offensive spark off the well, bat. Well, again, if you combine the two of, him, uh, of him, Gaston and O'Mara, they combined for 14 points and 13 rebounds in 41 minutes. Again, basically, or excuse me, 37 minutes. So basically just one guy. That, that's, that's pretty good production. Yeah, I mean, Xavier has just been an incredibly elite defensive rebounding team, uh, a really solid offensive rebounding team throughout the entire year. I mean, you're just not – I mean, people can talk about the, the maybe the lack of upside in the post, and maybe they don't match up with some of the nation's elite as well as they did last year just because you felt right. like with Jalen you were never going to be – Out tough. You weren't going to be out tough. Yeah, you weren't going to be out tough. Or more athletic. Or more athletic, or, or, right. more, or more crazy. Right. Yeah. So there are there are a lot of things that you, you never talked about skilled, but keep going. <laughs> you lost some things in those two guys in terms of what you felt like you could match up with, maybe. But in terms of like what you're actually getting production wise against good teams, Rashid Gast and Sean O'Mara and Tyreek Jones are giving you what you need. And Malcolm Bernard hits a it's a big it's an open three it's a wide open three, but it was it was at a big time in the game. Yeah, and he hit, he hit two big threes in that game, and, and he's another one where he's just getting more comfortable and, and more confident within the system to where it's he's efficient, and that's all you need him to be is efficient because he's such a solid defender. Uh, the thing that impressed me is they had a guy go off. Um, the, Rodney Pryor. Rodney yeah, Pryor yeah. go off down the stretch, and and. and in a lot of those games, especially a team playing at home, Georgetown, I thought, played with pretty good energy, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thought they yeah. played pretty well. And Xavier took the punch. And we've talked about, you know, late game situations. How are they taking the punch? And, and are they able to respond? And Pryor was, I mean, he went bananas for, what, six or seven possessions in a row. Threes and drives to the rim and assists and, and really put Xavier on the ropes a little bit. And Xavier stabilized got a couple stops and got that distance back and, and closed the game out, which that, you know, has been an issue. How are they going to respond to that on the road in those situations? And I thought they answered the bell in that game. And um, it's unfortunate that Georgetown can never fire John Thompson the third. I was waiting for that. that there, there was the tagline for it. But it wasn't a shot at Xavier no, 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 this no, no, time. No, 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 no. It was a tagline for, for John Thompson. And I, and I, I think everything. I thought you brought a pretty good point to the table. No, I think, I think everything you said is correct. That was a concern. It was definitely one of Chris's bigger concerns earlier in the year is just sort of the maturity and poise of the team in those situations. And that was a really, that was a really good look for them because they had a tough situation. He was to going with. bananas. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie, because my alma mater was playing a bowl game at the same time, so I flipped back and forth considerably. But, how, but how'd that bowl game work it out? It did not work out well at all, which doesn't shock anybody. But it, the points I watched from, from Trayvon, at least when I kept flipping and watching for extended periods, it didn't look like he hunted shot. It didn't look like he freaked out and said, i got to get mine. He did take 10 shots. That's fine. He's, he's your leading he scorer. He should, absolutely. And he was 0 for 10 and 0 for 6. But I never felt like at least the stretches I watched, Rick, where he was – he was hunting to try to get himself back on track, and, and it was costly. Nope, it was kind of like he uh, 
It was kind of like the house was on fire for him, and he kept going back to the door, seeing if the handle was hot, checking in just yep. to make sure the flames were still there. Yep, nope, still can't make it. I'll just I'll, I'll defer to you guys. I, I will tell you, he didn't look like he was shooting with any confidence whatsoever, the, the points I was watching. It, it felt like in the second half, like they're in big situations. They needed big shots, and when he was rising up for him, I think like, all of Xavier Nation was like, Run for the rebound, run for the rebound. I'd rather you not. Yeah, no, right. Uh, but, and he was way off. But, but that being said, I, I agree. I think he played like, I mean, he, he continued to play defense. He had a really key drive and assist to Rashid Gaston at a big moment. I yeah, think yeah, like yeah, one or yeah, two I at saw the time that, yeah, yeah. that pushed him a two possession lead. Huge. That was the dunk. That uh, was the dunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. a dish off to Rashid Gaz for a dunk where it was totally made by Trayvon driving yep. and creating creating offense. Which, if he does that, he's such a decoy for the defense because they're already designed designed to figure out how to stop him. If he makes plays for his teammates, that really elevates the level of Xavier's offense. But yeah, I thought overall to to back to your point is Trayvon dealt with that situation very well. It makes it a lot easier to do that when you got a teammate going off for 20. Yeah, no doubt. End of the day, you've got three really, really good offensive players, and two of them were at the top of their game. So you can survive. Well, I was going to say, if you go into most games and say you're getting 51 from the three of them, you, you feel pretty the good. 51. Problem was, you got 51 from two of them. The, the, so. the difference is, I think earlier in the year, you felt like you could get that if Trayvon was going to play well, right, take correct. some pressure off those guys and get 20 of them. Now... You just saw, okay, Trayvon can be a complete non-factor, and Edmund and JP can legitimately be the stars for this team. They can be the best player in the conference type level that we thought they might be able to reach before the season. What's the latest on Miles Davis? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. For, for the record, while everyone else has been changing and updating and freaking out every time he tweets something, I've said from the get-go, Villanova. I think Villanova, and I think he will be allowed to return on January 9th. Villanova's the 10th, so does he play in that game? Probably not, or at least not much. Not much, yeah. But that will be the first game he's back and dressed for, is my guess. And I will give you credit. You have stuck to your guns on that the entire time. You have not flip-flopped in the wind like everybody else in town has uh, seemingly been doing. And I just had to ask because somebody asks every day on your board, so it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and, and honestly, people are getting mad like that... that Chris Mack is getting asked that question. I'm like, whoa, it's it's totally fair to be oh, it's asking a fair question. Absolutely. Yeah. Mack that he can question. answer it however he wants to answer yeah, it. It's no, a fair question. Totally fair for him to say, I'm not talking about it, or yeah. well, you'll see when you see, but it's because, not an unfair question. Because at all. the guy's not technically on the team, off the team. I mean, he's so, not technically it, in school, right? right. More, yeah, correct. More importantly, the guy's sending out cryptic tweets every five minutes, and you're making him d- delete his account, or he's deleting his account on right. his own, and then he's reactivating it. So, like, if that's going to happen, you're going to get asked. Yeah. That's fair. And t- to Chris's credit, he's he's been a little snippy with it at times he's he's responded and he's allowed to do that don't at me bro but yeah but he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't acted like it was an unfair question. That's what somebody needs to do. Somebody just needs to ask a question. Hey, I want to ask at Miles Davis, see, see if he gets, gets the at, <laughs> at issue again. Um, by the way, we will preview the, the, the Houston adders. game, the UC Houston game coming on up on Thursday, Thursday's yeah. podcast. Um, for Xavier, their next game is Saturday against St. John's at home, and St. John's one of three undefeated teams still in the Big East. Yeah, how about that? That's the, incredible. Obviously, the DePaul, schedule helps. De, DePaul win, not so impressive, but the win over Butler is... Yeah. The, 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 St. John's is the worst type of team to have in your league because yeah. they're going to get two or three big wins. They have no desire because they're way, or they, they have no business getting because they're way too talented, but they're still going to suck. When you run it. into them on yeah. the night that they make shots, there's going to be three nights that they make shots all year. Or three uh, nights where they don't look like a totally dysfunctional outfit. Or not too far after you thought you were all going to die in a plane crash. That, that doesn't hurt either. So, no, that was after. 
That was on their way home. Well, okay. I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was on the way. Okay, it was on the way home. Yeah, it was but, on the that, way home. but that's the scariest part is when you know you're about to get on a plane. And all that's right. Died. True. Yeah. They were People a forget distracted. that. That's a good point. People yeah. forget that. You knew it was coming. Spin zone. You knew Chris it was Holman. coming. I like that. Um, the, the, the rest of the league, though, obviously the big game was Nova and Creighton, and Nova gets the, the win on the road. You know, they, they keep answering the bell time and time and time again. Without Phil Booth, right? It's the it's the most underrated national it is. champ. It's, no, number it, one it, team in the country I've ever seen. And, like, that sounds like a strong man argument it's like no but it's not no nobody's one, talking about no them. one's saying villanova is bad i understand that I'm, that's not my point but we really don't no one's saying them. they're good no. no one's saying they're the best team in the country Correct. no not Despite one person being ranked number one no absolutely that's that, that's my point is it seems like every time they they keep answering whatever question mark you have and yet you keep throwing not you and the collective you keep throwing question marks at them and we were 100 percent right on what we talked about a couple weeks ago jalen brunson's a Dud. Yeah, he, he's, he's up, better than Arch. Yeah, and that was – he is a more talented player. It's like Arch did all the intangible things you want him to do. But Scritty, coach's son. Coach's son. But, but Jalen Brunson is all of those things as well, High and IQ. he's more talented. Yeah. So it, it works out really well for he him. He was a monster in the, the, the some of the parts I was watching he that was, game. He was fantastic. And we talked about, hey, does this Villanova team have enough inside? Are they good enough? Well, they just went up against an NBA prospect in Justin Patton who's been great. Yeah. And they were able to deal with that. And the, the biggest thing I took away – from this game we already knew Villanova was really good I didn't question that at all but the thing I took away was with Creighton and that's at home which is in my opinion one of the toughest places no doubt. to play in the yes. entire that, country that, that, that made it even, even a better win absolutely it did um, but what we saw from Creighton is, I tweeted this, they're, they're very similar to what we've talked about with UCLA all year. They are fun as hell to watch. That offensive style is tough to deal with. They're going to score a ton of points. And when they're at their best, they'll beat anyone in the country. They can play with legitimately anyone in the country when they're making shots and scoring. And they also could be a three seed losing to a 14 in round one. That They are so susceptible to getting beat because of the fact that they just do not play enough defense. They don't lock in. They're not tough enough. You can't be consistent. You can't be good teams consistently that way. I, thought you had I agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll preview the St. John's game coming up on Thursday as well. So kind of a, a week of work for uh, for both UC and Xavier. A little time to, to get themselves uh, ready to go. Hey, I missed like I've, five of them. But oh, I've, done, did you? I've yeah. been a lot better this show. Yeah, you have. Been. You have. That's you've been sneaky over here's the, there. Here's the great part. Them in, so I haven't been dinging them. About May when he stops having whatever he's got going. Oh, it's on. just bronchitis. The podcast no, now will be over a, for the season. It's a sinus point. infection now. Sinus oh, okay. Infection, yeah. It's not the camel still. Amazing how. That no, works. I mean it's that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> the problem is the, is mixing the two. It's a bad mixture. It's a bad mixture. I could see that. Z-Pack and a Chesterfield. It's all good for you. <laughs> Make you feel a lot better. And, and cough at the same time. Yeah. It's all perfect for you. Um, kind of a weird weekend, obviously, in college basketball. You saw a lot of, of, of good teams I'm losing off, I'm some off weird the Indiana situations. wagon. I'm well, off. Let, I was gonna, let's start I'm right off. there. Are you? That, that, <laughs> was, that was not a weird circumstance. But, but obviously for IU and UofL, both coming in that game off of losses, both kind of teetering a little bit, not off the brink of being a tournament, but certainly – at a point where both of them needed that win badly. And honestly, U of L kicked their ass. Stomped them. Stomped them out. I mean, defensively, Louisville just completely dominated Indiana's offense. And and Indiana isn't going to going to beat you defensively. No, and if Indiana's gonna be a team that that makes a run, that it's gonna be with offense. And Louisville just erased them. It was, I mean, it was impressive to watch that Louisville defense just absolutely smother Indiana. I don't know why I got on the Tom Crean wagon. I'm off. I, I, the things I don't like about this Indiana team is, one, I don't think they have good point guard play. Yeah, Yogi Ferrell ain't walking through that door. Two, I don't think they have 
stars on offense. I don't think they have go-to guys on offense. Like, Thomas Bryant's awesome. He's going to be a good NBA player. OG Ananobi's awesome. He's going to be a good NBA player. But they're pieces for an NBA team. They're good in their role. Right. They are not guys that you can throw to and say, go win the game for us. Let us play through you on offense, and you're going to be a star that carries us tonight. They can have great nights where they maybe give you that type of production, but they're not like when you're on the road in a tough situation, we need someone to get us out of this funk. They're not that. Thank you. Needed one more. Yeah, I, yeah it was off mic a little bit there, but yeah. it, it, for those who are keeping track at home, that was deserved. He's, he's getting like very – he used to be just like breathing into the mic and yeah, stuff no, earlier he's, in the podcast. He's got, he's now he's better like at it. putting his mic underneath the table yep. while he coughs. It's <laughs> – He's getting better. I think yeah. he is. I, I, I think yeah. he's, he's growing up a little bit here. Well, that's that's the power of the ding. Yeah, it, it really does call you out, does yeah. it not? I, yeah. I love it. Um, I, I guess maybe, though, we, back to Indiana for a second, maybe the, the Nebraska loss wasn't quite so bad after all because Nebraska wins at at, uh, at Indiana and no, they, takes it and wins it, at Maryland as well. They're 2-0 and in, in the league all of a sudden with two road wins. It's still terrible. Okay, maybe it's still terrible. <laughs> it's I, just, still terrible. I, I tried to give you an out there, dude. I was waiting for I, that. I, I was trying to give you an out. That's all I was trying to do with no, that. It's still terrible. Um, let's talk about, though, the bloodbath from the weekend. You've got and I'm doing some of these off the top of my head, so please chime in if I miss one. Duke goes to Virginia Tech and just gets destroyed. Losing at Virginia Tech isn't isn't the issue. It's just the way they lost. They were handled. They were manhandled from the start of that game. Don't be surprised if you look down at the end of the year and Buzz has got them in the hunt in the they're ACC. Twelve and one now, right? Yeah, I think they're clearly going to be in the hunt. At yeah, this point. he's he's such a great coach. Such such a snappy dresser. A, a great coach, and he's he's the. Um, the the primary figure and maybe one of my top five college basketball moments of all time. Fire. They win at West Virginia. And after the game in Morgantown, they play the West Virginia National Anthem, otherwise known as Country Roads by yes. John Denver. Yep, yep. And literally, I went to Marshall. So literally, this is when that song plays, it, people it, in West Virginia put their hand on their heart. It's it's their national anthem. And Buzz the, doesn't. Deliverance isn't? The theme from? No, that's like the state song. Oh, okay. Um, Buzz doesn't know this. You got so, a party mouth. You sure got a party mouth. Buzz doesn't know Sweet this. Sweet like a pig, fat boy. So he's coming out to do a post-game interview with the two announcers. And he, he doesn't realize that this is the sacred song of West Virginia. And he's two-stepping on the West Virginia logo across to the announce table. I think that's paid a great honor. It's good old Buzz. So... They, they cut to the announcers, and there's nobody, like, it's, you know, five minutes after the game. Everybody's kind of cleared out. It, and, and then you hear this noise. <laughs> and you literally see them rushing back down, and they're just standing behind him, screaming, ready to kill him. Don't they two-step in West Virginia? And Buzz is looking around like, hell's going on? I just had me a nice little two-step to Country Roads on my way over for the interview. Oh, my God. Like, I literally thought that there was going to be bodily harm done to did, Buzz Williams. Did, did, they, did they escort him off the floor? Did he do his... No, he did his interview, and, like, you see security guards just sprinting over to where the TV announcers were to hold back the mob from lynching him. John Denver fans are just, they're, they're, they're a little crazy. I always say that. I, you know, if you've ever gone to, if you ever went to a show back in the day like I did... Who boy, you better bring a weapon. That's all I'm going to tell you. Those John Denver people are a little off the hook, because that's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, some more of the bloodbath. You get uh, Carolina going to Georgia Tech and losing. Uh, you get Purdue losing to Minnesota at home, right? That yeah. was at home. In correct? overtime. So it's like, that's just the no, thing. No, okay, but no, still. No, 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 but that's the thing to me. That's worse. Yeah, because you, like, you had second chance opportunity. Yeah, you right, to right, to right it. the ship. You correct? overcame it at the end of the game. We're like, okay, we, we survived. We get in overtime. And then you still lose. And Biggie McLean was there for all of it. You right. didn't foul out or anything. So just an awful loss for them. Uh, Biggie McLean? 
That's a different dude. Biggie Swan again. Biggie, I'm sorry. Biggie McLean's doing luggage at the airport. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> still, trying make, still trying to make a free throw, I believe, that, too. That's an L. Yeah, that was that's a bad an L. L. You may have to edit that one out. No, I think that you one's just, staying just gonna in there. Yeah. Just going to leave it in. Shout out to Biggie McLean. It's the only time he's been mentioned so, on a podcast so in his then career. What, what do we make of, of, of all of this? Is it conference just, play you, you say, Yeah, I just say you just make it conference play on the road no matter what? Well, I, I was talking to somebody about that last night. Um, and the, the, the theme was when you get into conference play, everybody kind of wipes the slate yeah, and right, thinks, right. you know, like Tulane last night was going to play UC really hard. Now, if you get to Tulane in February. When they're 0-15 in the loop. Right. You know, you, you're going to get some guys that have quit, right. some guys that right. have checked out. Last night, they hadn't checked out. They just weren't good enough to, to hang with UC. But you see this around the country at the start of conference play where these teams are thinking, hey, we're still in pretty good shape. We got a shot. And then Nebraska and St. John's start winning games. And you scratch your head, but you look back six weeks from now and they're back where they're supposed to be. You, you know, the other thing that I think um, kind of factors in here is you go through non-conference play. And even if you're playing good teams, it's teams that aren't familiar with you. And no, 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 no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. And so you've got maybe even young kids in like a Duke's case or something where they're rolling through. It's like, hey, man, we can score pretty easily. We run right. this stuff. Coach knows some sets. This Coach K guy, he's doing his thing, man. He can coach a little bit. Then all of a sudden you get in teams that have been coaching how to co- stop Coach K's Correct. system right. for the last however many years. Right. They know exactly what you're going to do. Things just become a lot more difficult. You have to execute a little bit better. Yeah, and obviously uh, for, for those teams, they did not do that. Uh, uh, Grayson Allen made the trip. I did. He sat on the bench. I saw that. How, how much sooner? How much, how much longer before he's back? Um, Don't encourage that. That was not okay. <laughs> Louisville or Florida State, same as we, t- we talked about before. Yeah, and maybe now even, maybe even, even sooner, sooner yeah. rather than later, for sure. Uh, Kentucky does play uh, tomorrow night against Texas A&M. I mean, you didn't A&M. give yourself that, that wah, 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 wah on Biggie McLean. You know, he called himself that, out. He took know, the L. He still should have taken he took that. took the L for that, was, that wasn't a joke. That was, <laughs> that was a mistake. I really thought the dude's name was Biggie McLean for a second. <laughs> My bad. He erred is all he did. I, yeah, he, I, he took the L on that one. Uh, Kentucky, Texas A&M, anything you want to say about that? No. I didn't think Garbage. so. I just, I, just want, I just want to bring it up. No, I mean, like, Texas A&M is a decent team. I think they may even have a chance to make the tournament by the end of the year. I just don't. Like, if they beat UK, that's a, that's a bad loss for UK. No doubt, I, yeah. So there's not much to say there. I, I think. For, for Kentucky and the SEC, I mean, if you're a fan, how much of this is really it just it, it shrug your shoulder time until March, really? It's it's Xavier in the A-10 is what it is. Yeah. Honest to God. It's like, who cares about any of these w- games except for the one non-conference game against Kansas? I was just going to say, it's like you see in the, the AAC this year, and then I thought, well, there's actually three or four teams in the AAC that are decent. That well, plus, UC needs to like win the AAC before they get to start acting like they don't care about any of the games. Right. I'm just saying UK wins the SEC every year, so they literally don't care about any of these games. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Touch on NKU for a minute. Um, they played arguably one of the two or three best teams in, in, the, in the Horizon League. Played them toe-to-toe for a half, but did lose to, uh, did lose to, to Oakland. It, it did lead their coach, though, to going off a little bit at halftime, did it not? Is this, is this the best halftime, the in-game halftime coming off the court you've ever heard? <laughs> I, I must be the worst coach in America. I'll tell you. I 
That's great. By the way, that's Oakland's great campy, by the way. Yeah. That, that is what I envision a Richard Skinner halftime interview sounding that's, like. That's what it could be. That, that, Except he would never complain about offense. It would just be, we didn't take a charge on that last possession. No, no. no the no, stupidest team in the world. No, it would be if you pass up an open shot to try to get something better, it would, be, it would tick me off too. I, I, how many times you, you pass up an open shot because you want to shoot a third grade layup? No, it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Does that not go along with everything I've always said that he's argued with? No. There's a difference between taking an open shot and taking a contested falling back, throwing up in the air three. There's a big difference. That's on me. My bad. Okay. See, I'm just telling you. There's a big difference. Um, But you said you did watch. What, What did you make of NKU? Um, they they were there. They were in the game. I'm interested to see what happens when that game comes to NKU. Um, and Oakland doesn't have the benefit of shooting it because their guys got hot. Martez Walker, who went to Texas, transferred back home. He's from that area. He got hot, made some big-time shots late in the game to help them pull away. On the road, don't necessarily maybe get those rolls. Maybe NKU has a, has a better chance there in the final minutes. Um, the biggest thing was they've been really good rebounding the basketball all year. They've been tougher. Not the most athletic or long no, right, group of guys right. in the world, but they've been doing a great job of getting a body and being tough on guys and being tough. This game, they tried to do that, and Oakland was just a little too long or too athletic for them. They abused them on the offensive glass a little bit. And, it, and it's tough when the other team has the best player on the floor. Yeah, well, probably the two best players on, on the floor in terms of talent. Because Sean Dorsey Walker is really good, too. Yeah, so. wow, I didn't know he was there. Yeah, they, Campy's got a talented group. I mean, they're like a top 100-type team legitimately. <laughs> Valparaiso's in yeah. that same boat. And then NKU is in le- that next group, right, legit- in the league? Legitimately, in overall Ken Palm, they're 159 right now, which ranks third. Um, Milwaukee's right behind them, like five, six spots, something like that. And uh, that'll be a really good game. Both of them are predicted to finish 11-7 and seven in the conference in Ken Palm right And NKU comes home to play Youngstown Thursday and Cleveland State on Saturday. So you all of a sudden get a chance to, to quickly get to 3-1 and one in the league and, and um, put yourself in a good position. I'd be stunned if those aren't two wins. Two free beer situations for Rick. Oh, wow. That's well, right. only one. I can't you make gotta work, you gotta work on the second because it's yet. on Xavier. Boy, that's a bad beat. Bad beat. Uh, it was it was a Wait one a o'clock deal. Xavier's at 2.30. I was going to see if maybe oh, you're I could right. just get there for halftime yeah. and then tell, tell – Firing to keep my spot warm <laughs> on uh, Press Road Xavier, but I don't think that's be loaded after you slamming you, you wouldn't five even have thought that if you were going to cover Creighton. You well, know? that's because I take my job covering Creighton a lot more seriously no because I'm a hack Creighton fan. No, no doubt nerd. about it. Nerd. Yeah, nerd and nerd. Yeah. Yeah, all those things. Take my hot takes back to Omaha. There you go. Speaking of hot takes, it's final take time. First for you, Chad Brendel. Nothing major today. I, it's just that it'll be in, I'm going to be interested to see and, and continue to track can the ACC – Ding his ass. Yeah, that wasn't me that time. All right, I'm down 11 to 1. <laughs> in the seventh inning. In the seven, yeah, the seventh. Exactly. I got, the, I got the scrap guys getting get warmed up in the bullpen. Can the, uh, the ACC top the Big East record of 11 bids? Um, it's a legit point. That's that one two. was that's him. Two. That's that was two. me. That's, yeah, that counts double as a double. Thing. Yeah. Um, 13 to 1. Daggone, I got to stop the bleeding. Um <laughs> You're starting to think. I mean, you look. I think they've got nine teams ranked. I'm going to look it up for you. Well, yeah, not even just ranked, but I'll just go inside the RPI top. Let's just do top 50. Florida State, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Clemson, Virginia, Duke, Louisville, North Carolina, NC State, Pitt, Wake. 11. And that didn't include um, – who, who did I not count? That didn't include Miami either. Miami's 70th and, and obviously a very – very think, solid team. I, I don't That's think they're going to do it. I think they're probably going to get 9 or 10. I don't think they can get to 11. But a team like Virginia Tech jumping up and biting Duke, I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how close they can get. What do you think, Rick? 
Uh, I mean, the, it's the ACC is really good. Fourteen to one. Nah, it's fourteen to one. Dude. Yeah, fourteen to one. He just easily. flared one to right. <laughs> Fifteen. Oh my gosh, what an inning he's having. He's he's out of control. He's gotten to the bottom of the seventh, and he is really he's just picking on this poor relief pitcher. Dude, you can bring in Chapman for more than three outs. <laughs> yeah. He'll not be happy about how you used him. But no, I I, I think they see see will get a ton of teams in. I don't really know the exact number. I'd have to look at it closer, and it wouldn't matter anyway. But at the end of the day, I think the bubble when you start looking at like. Like we say, Brian Snow says, sixty-eight teams have to make it. How many teams are going to be have a better resume than these lower-tier ACC teams at the end of the year? It's just not many of them. I'll tell you, for my take, I'm looking at the Pac-12 this week because one thing, I'm glad that USC finally got exposed for the frauds that they were being undefeated. They do this every year, play nobody, end up with a good record, get in a conference play, and we see that they absolutely suck. Oregon is legit. They're yeah, the no real doubt. deal. So no Dylan Brooks is back. They're playing like a much better team. They beat UCLA. Obviously, that was a huge win we talked about on the last podcast. But then they turned right back around and picked up a, another big win over USC. And not just a big win, but they beat them 84-61. They right. just smashed an undefeated USC team. So. Wow. Bottom of the ninth, I'm struggling now. Honestly, I think we might have had a record. Just yeah. put, put the podcast and him out of his misery. I was going to say, let, let, let's My just do Lord. that. Boys, I appreciate the time. We will be back on Thursday to preview uh, the Houston game for UC, to preview the St. John's game for Xavier, talk a lot more college basketball, and one more just for, just for posterity. Have a great week. We're back on Thursday. Thanks for listening to the podcast.